one soul You were in a band? Yeah. What in what did you oh, I'm a drummer. What was your band called? Uh that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do not remember. Oh wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, because we only played like we mainly just like hung out and jammed together. Right, right. Um, we maybe played like one or two shows, but that's about it. Um, it was a lot of fun. I can't believe you're in a band. You know, I'm was a bit of a drummer myself. Oh actually. yeah, actually, yeah, cool. So, did you have like your own set? I did have my own set, my All own right. kit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> as they call it. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Okay, well, welcome to the show, everyone. This is Turn One Soul Ring. I'm not going to forget to say it again. <laughs> this is a magic podcast. That's right. And we talk about all things related to magic. I'm Kevin. And I'm Eric. And today on the show, we're going to be talking about the cards that you should pick up, or at least that we're going to pick up, I'm going to pick up at the next, at the upcoming standard rotation, uh, pickups for your commander decks. And we're also going to be talking about the lands in the commander format, the lands that we like to play, our land strategy when we're building decks, and things like that. So I'm pretty much an exclusive commander player. So the only time I really pay attention to standard is when rotation is approaching and um, Wizards of the Coast slash Hasbro has still said, hey, Kevin, we don't want your money, so I can't play Arena. But Eric, you play a lot of Arena, right? I do, and that's really the only... Because of Arena, that's when I've started really paying attention to Standard more. And besides Standard, are there other formats to play on Arena? No, there is not. There are just like um, kind well, of sorry. some events once in a while where you can't play other formats, right? Sorry, they do have uh, Draft as well. Oh, okay. Draft is in there, yeah. Okay. Um, and then whenever there's a new set, they will do sealed events for the new set coming out. So you can also just do a sealed event for like pre-release and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even recently they just randomly had another sealed event popped in there from a, um, one of the Ravnica sets. Okay. you can just kind of play. So they do like pepper that stuff in, but draft is always there. Um, yeah. And like we were talking about, I think on a previous episode, they actually do have now for ranked draft, you can do M2020 is always there. And then mm-hmm. sometimes they'll cycle through another like older set that you that's, can also draft. And that's fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's a lot of fun. And I, uh, so yeah, so you'd have a much better idea of the standard format. And that's probably come up on the show when I've been like, that's not, that doesn't see any standard. Or that only yeah. sees playing commander. And you're like, uh, I think it sees playing, you know, and yeah. then I look like <laughs> an ass. But uh, prices though, because Arena doesn't have any prices, I have no idea. And that's yeah, and still. I, you, like I watch, um, there's a really good YouTube channel called Heroes and Legends. And they do a price um, update video every week, I think. And they're really good for that kind of thing. So that's kind of where I get my prices for com- uh, for standard cards. But they also he also does modern and commander and like a vintage spotlight. And it's a very very good channel. If you're into that kind of thing, check it out. It's a really good channel. Cool. Um, but um, you know the only reason I pay attention to standard at that point is at rotation is because you know I want to pick up all those previously overpriced standard cards. Uh, for my various commander decks that are now much, much cheaper. Um, so we're just going to go through a short little list, not really in any particular order, of the cards that you know we're on the lookout for picking up uh, at the upcoming rotation. And with even the, maybe coming up, like even soon. With- even sooner, yeah. Don't wait until rotation happens, which should be with the release of Throne of Eldraine. Yep. And that rotation is Ixalan. Ravels of Ixalan, a Dominaria, and and Core nineteen. You got it. All four sets are rotating out. Yep. <clears throat> so yeah, you could even start picking up these cards probably now, especially um, because this episode will come out. I believe we're already into September at this point. Yeah. Yeah, it is September. And so this is when things are, because people know the. Um, Rotation's happening, so they're wanting to get rid of their cards when it's, they still have value. So they're still ditching their cards even before this time. And even if the cards have playability in other formats, standard, like, 
devoted standard players are still ditching the cards and that's going to affect their price. Even a card like Teferi, Hero of Dominaria, is still going to take a hit. Yeah. And it has he been. has been. He has been. Yeah. Definitely down there. Yeah. Okay, so the first card we want to talk about is Karn, Scion of Urza. So Karn is four mana for a five loyalty planeswalker. Uh, his plus one is reveal the top two cards of your library. An opponent chooses one of them. Put that card into your hand and exile the other with a s- silver counter on it. Yeah, it's a silver counter. Yeah. <laughs> there's, no, there's no question mark. Uh, minus one, put a card you own with a silver counter on it from exile into your hand. And his minus two is create a zero zero colorless construct artifact creature token with this creature gets plus one plus one for each artifact you control. So this card is, this card got very pricey, uh, very fast when it was released. It did, yeah. And I sort of was kicking myself for not buying them, like at the that $8.99 price tag, but he's almost back there. So uh, this, yeah, and he's just, he's a great rate. He's a great Planeswalker in any artifact-based commander deck. I'm, I'm definitely going to pick up copies for my Duretti and my Memnarch decks. I'd say even if you're not in an artifact deck, um, he still goes through your deck for you. Yeah. So you're he, plus one-ing, you're going to get a card for sure. And then if your opponent puts a card away that you really want, you can minus one and get that card. Mm-hmm. So he's just solid card advantage yeah, in like, general. And in like mono, right, mono white or red when you are when you need that card draw. He's great to mm-hmm. plug in there, yeah. Or even in those in you know, those colorless commander decks, yeah. he's, he's great in there too. Yeah. Um, and you're also running a lot of artifacts in any of those decks, even just for ramp. Totally. Right? So, yeah, this he's he's very good. And the last time I checked, he was like eight ninety nine on Card Kingdom. So crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when this card first came out, I remember the launch, like um, pre release. I ended up pulling one. I traded in right away and got forty bucks cash. Nice. Yeah, because like yeah. his price was at fifty bucks when he first came out. Yeah. yeah. And then it still went higher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was kicking myself a little bit for getting rid of it so early because I could have gotten an extra like 20, 30 bucks out of it. Um, just looking at MTG stocks, it's kind of interesting. Um, his peak in US dollars was up at the like $66 range. Wow. Yeah. How the mighty have fallen. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of that. So yeah, now is a, I would say this is definitely a very good card for his price. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have Escape Shift. Reprint from Core 19, M19. Two and two green for a sorcery. Sacrifice any number of lands. Search your library for up to that many land cards. Put them onto the battlefield tapped. Then shuffle your library. So this card was very pricey for a very long time. I think it was from Morning Tide originally. And, you know, like all cards from that era of magic, they were underprinted and therefore the good ones were more valuable over time. But this is a great pickup for any lands deck. And if I didn't already have copies in in my Angry Omnath, Tatiova, and Gitrog decks, I would be picking these up. <clears throat> and I think these have already started to climb back in price. It looks like they have a little bit because yeah. of modern. Yeah. But these are just you know for for even for the price it is now, it's still a good pickup. Yeah. So like uh, I'm pretty. I can't remember, but I think. When I was playing Modern, they were around, before the reprint, around like the $50 yeah, mark. That yeah, that sounds right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it definitely took a hit from that reprint. And then, yeah, they have been climbing back up. They're around like the, I think, 20-ish dollar mark. There might be a little bit of a dip here on just the yeah, they, stocks graph, but we'll see what happens with that one. And they really dipped after they were first printed. They were around like 7 or 8 bucks. I should have bought them. Because that's when I put them into these decks. Yeah, Because it wasn't seeing... Uh, standard play. It's just like Crucible of Worlds wasn't seeing standard play. And that's what's great about this. And like now they've done the ley lines, right? The wizards can, they know they can print these cards that won't see standard play, but are great for other formats. Totally. Right? Even, yeah. even like modern, you know, they can do these kind of modern reprints and make everybody happy. Exactly. Okay, we already talked about this guy, but uh, let's do it again. Teferi, Hero of Dominaria. He's three, a white, and a blue for a four loyalty planeswalker. His plus one is draw a card at the beginning of the next end step, untap two lands. His minus three is put target non-land permanent into its owner's library, third from the top. And his minus eight is you get an emblem with whenever you draw a card, exile target permanent and opponent controls. And if you get that emblem against me... I will concede. Yeah. <laughs> this is like um, 
Blue White Controls win con. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, you get yep. to ferry out there, plus him, get the ultimate, and then you win at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I am glad to not see this card in standard anymore because this card came out. It was in standard. I was seeing it on arena. Modern players were picking it up. I was only playing against the fairies for a while, and I was like, "Get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, really good card. Um, and then I definitely he was up to like the sixty five dollar markish, I think. And I was just at the tournament. He was they had him in the case for like thirty five bucks. Yeah, so, so I th- like I, he's never going to be a cheap card. I don't think it's too good to be a cheap card. But you know, like picking like this is probably the cheapest he'll be until the next reprint. Probably. And you know who knows when we're going to see that. Yeah, because again, I just want to talk about that first ability. Um, you play Teferi for five mana, but then you get to draw a card and you untap two lands to have your counter spell up. So he just protects himself. And he basically costs three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. (laughs) He doesn't even have to have the other abilities. No. He's he's still like... like, Super good. Yeah. (laughs) God. Okay, so this next one is Search for Azkanta. It's one in a blue for a legendary enchantment. Eric, can you look up the flip side of this? Because I neglected to find the image. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top card of your library. You may put it into your graveyard. Then, if you have seven or more cards in your graveyard, you may transform Search for Azkanta. Into Azkanta, the Sunken Ruin. Nice. Ooh, yeah. So this card has dropped already. Oh, it's uh, dropped big time, yeah. I would say just pick it up now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? But, it, yeah, I, I don't know how much more it's going to dip. I think it's... Like US, it's around five bucks. Yeah, yeah. That's is, a, such a good deal mm-hmm. for this card. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, because even like if you're commander decks, like once you get this thing transformed, um, you can just pay three mana to dig three, four deep. Yeah, four and deep. And find a card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is it any card or it's uh, your sorcery? It's non creature, non land. Mm, yeah, okay. So you can get yeah. planeswalkers, you can get enchantments, enchantments yeah. artifacts. Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, this this card's really good. Any control deck, any, you know, you just want to dig, is, this card is is fantastic. And then even in that situation, you don't want to, like, have to pay mana to get stuff. You're in a sticky situation. You don't have to transform it. It oh, is no. a May to transform, mm-hmm. so you can just keep it on the battlefield for that scry one. And what's great about all these flip lands from this cycle is that they all just tap for mana anyways. Even the yes. Maze of Ith taps for mana. Yeah. So you're still, you can still just use it as a resource in that regard. And it is blue mana taps for as well, not just mm-hmm. colorless. So. Yeah. Yeah. This is such a great cycle. Okay, next up we have Vivian Reed. She is three and two green for a five loyalty planeswalker. Her plus one is look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a creature or land card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Her minus three is destroy target artifact, enchantment, or creature with flying. And her minus eight is you get an emblem with creatures you control, get plus two, plus two, and have vigilance, trample, and indestructible. She's so good in, in a creature deck. Oh, yeah. Because the plus one just gets you all the stuff you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, you don't even need to do anything else. No, you really don't. Everything else is just icing on the cake. You do yeah. have that, like, you know, that overrun effect. Yeah. Um, but... It's also an emblem It's not even overrun effect. Yeah, you indestructible. Just, it's, it's permanent. So if you do it again, you just get... not Like, that's a lot. By the time yeah. you're doing it again, you probably won. Yeah. Because, like, none of your stuff's going away unless people have exile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that emblem is so strong. Yeah, she's she's very good, and um, and she she did get up there. Like she was almost to the thirty dollar mark at one time. Super good card in standard. Mm-hmm. I was definitely running her in arena, um, just because again the plus one is so good. But then you have uh, hydrate crosses and stuff flying around the format. You can play her <laughs> minus three. See ya, mm-hmm. and then keep plus oneing for her. Um, yeah. And there was a game where I emblemed her. And my opponent stayed around for four or five turns, and then don't you love and that? Then scooped because <laughs> when it's they like, stay around, it's like okay, just let me enjoy this. Then. Yeah, like Fine. I was just like, my stuff's indestructible. Yeah, I'm playing more stuff. Have lifelink. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, emblems are gross. They are, but again, yes, yeah, she has plummeted. Go pick up your Vivian's um, great in creature decks. Mm-hmm. Do it. All right, next up we have Resplendent Angel. 
It's one and two white for a three three angel with flying. At the beginning of each end step, if you gain five or more life this turn, create a four four white angel creature token with flying and vigilance. And you can pay three and three white until end of turn. Resplendent angel gets plus two plus two and gains life link. Just a really good value card. Yeah, like gaining and, life and getting creatures, like mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, and not even like it's great in an angel tribal deck, but even in a deck with lifelink or even in a deck that has life gain because if you do this on other players turn you can still get the token yeah um yeah this was a card that was not it was like pricier than i think it would be if it wasn't in standard yeah like it was it surprised me at the price of this card actually Mm -hmm. i was a little bit yeah but yeah this card is definitely at a more reasonable more reasonable price yeah this one looks like it has like settled but i might still think it'll drop a little bit i think it will drop a little more yeah. yeah Um, okay, next up we have Lyra or Lyra Dombra. I'm going to say Lyra because Lyra seems like a, something you'd name your cat. All right. (laughs) It's three (laughs) and two white for a five, five legendary creature angel. First strike flying and lifelink other angels you control get plus one plus one and have lifelink. So this is just great in an angel tribal deck. I wouldn't necessarily run her as my commander. She's yeah. not enough value on her as I agree it is. With that. <clears throat> but yeah, this card was definitely quite pricey at one time. I think I opened this up at my first Dominaria draft, which as I said, I drafted a lot. That was a, it was an, it was a great grindy draft format. Loved it. One time in the Dominaria time, she was up to about thirty three bucks US. Hmm. So. Yeah, I put mine into uh, Brissella, Voice of Nightmares. Yeah, nice. Angel Tribal deck. Again, this card, like, such a great rate on everything that you're getting. Oh, yeah. Um, she's so strong. Mm-hmm. Good card. Yeah, love it. Okay, next mm-hmm. up we have also, can you look up the flip side of this? Because I, look what I did. <laughs> I thought love I was it. getting the other side. Love it. Uh, thanks, Gryfall. Uh <laughs> So the next card is Nicol Bolas, the Ravager. It's one, a blue, a black, and a red for a 4-4 Elder Dragon with flying. Nicol Bolas, the Ravager, enters the battlefield. When Nicol Bolas, the Ravager, enters the battlefield, each opponent discards a card. Ugh. There's something uniquely just disappointing about having to discard a card. There is. It's just the... F- you're like, worst. I wanted all these cards in my hand, and I have to just decide what I don't. I get had to a keep. plan. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> and if that wasn't enough, you can pay four a blue, a black, and a red to exile Nicol Bolas, the Ravager, then return him to the battlefield, transformed under his owner's control. I'm interesting that he didn't do his or hers. They've always done that. Mm-hmm. Huh. Interesting. Anyways. That might have been a little bit of a miss on their part. Activate this ability only any time you could cast a sorcery if you're a him. Hmm. No, Don't they didn't miss. They didn't do that last part. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, <clears throat> transforms into Nicol Bolas the Arisen. Nice. Yeah. Um, so Nicol Bolas the Arisen, uh, he's a seven mana, or seven loyalty planeswalker, plus two up to nine to draw two cards. Nice. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, minus three, Nicol Bolas the Arisen deals 10 damage to target creature or planeswalker. Uh, minus four, put target creature or planeswalker card from a graveyard under the battlefield under your control. A graveyard. Just a graveyard. Any yeah, graveyard. Okay. It's mine. <laughs> uh, and then the minus 12, exile all but the bottom card of target player's library. Wow. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah, so you can do... I, I've seen my fair share of Nicol Bolas tribal decks with, with this guy at the helm. Uh, commander decks. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, this guy's really... It's a, he's really good. He is good. He's great. Yeah. Um, he hasn't... I don't know if he's completely tanked in price. I think he might dip down a little bit more. He's actually down there now. Is um, he? Ten, you... About 10 bucks US. Okay. For market value. I think that's a good price, considering where he was. Yeah, like, he was almost up to 40 US. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah he climbed up there when he first came out. Right. And then dipped, wasn't seeing much standard play, and then War of the Spark came out. Mm-hmm. And boom, shot back up there. Yeah. Um, I definitely had a uh, 
Grixis control deck. I'm just running for these guys. Nice. Oh, so he's good. good. Yeah, he's fantastic. <laughs> It'll be sad to see the Elder Dragon leave. Well, rotation happens, and it's it's a whole new world, you know? I like a whole new I, world. That's right. Yeah. I, yeah, I both love and hate rotation. Um, okay, next up we have Wayward Swordtooth. It's two and a green for a 5-5 five, five dinosaur. It has a send, which is if you control 10 or more permanents, you get the city's blessing for the rest of the game. You may play an additional land on each of your turns. Wayward Swordtooth can't attack or block unless you have the city's blessing. So any card... I think this this guy is... Uh, he's appreciating in value at this point, uh, especially with the release of Yarok in Core 2020. But any time a card says you may play an additional land on each of your turns, that's just a card that is going to gain value over time. It will be because it's just a it's very very powerful mechanic, mm-hmm. and, especially um, in commander. Especially in commander, so all the commander players are grabbing cards like this mm-hmm. up, and yeah. you don't even care that it's you don't even care about the stat line. It's just three mana. You get to play extra lands, yeah, right? so. and that it's a five that it's a three mana five five in commander is great. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. He's like his chart is up and down crazily since War of the Spark came out. Yeah. Um, okay, let's. Go to the next one. We have Alanda, the Dusk Rose. She is two, a white, and a black for a 1-1 legendary creature, Vampire Knight, with lifelink. Whenever another creature dies, put a 1-1 counter on Alanda, the Dusk Rose. Whenever Alanda dies, create X 1-1 white vampire creature tokens with lifelink, where X is Alanda's power. So what is the... Um, has this one been, like, dipping in value? Yeah, it has been uh, slowly going down. Like, it definitely shot up when we had Ravnica come around mm-hmm. because of uh, the Orzhov um, uh, aristocrat stuff happening. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been on a slowly decline. She's around the $10 mark US at the moment, but it looks like it's still going down. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, yeah. she's a vampire, too. Vampires are real hot right now with War of the Spark coming out and stuff. So, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's going to rotate away, so... Okay, next up we have the Immortal Sun. It's a six mana legendary artifact. Players can't activate Planeswalker loyalty abilities. At the beginning of your draw step, draw an additional card. Spells you cast cost one less to cast, and creatures you control get plus one plus one. This card does so much. It's very, it's really efficient for six mana. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I think this is a really good card, just like throw in a bunch of decks. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, and that's the thing about like powerful artifacts, right? They can be so ubiquitous that they end up gaining more value than a card that's only a, sing- that's a single color yeah. would over time. Just because it can go in anything. Exactly. <clears throat> and like six mana, you're now drawing a card every turn. On top of that? It's like a better Staff of Nin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it does all this other shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I think yeah, I think this is probably a good pickup now because I, I, I think in 12 to 24 months, this is probably going to be a 10 or $15 card. Yeah, like it, it's actually uh, right now U.S. around 15 bucks. Oh, wow. Okay. I thought it was much cheaper than that. Yeah. Um, the graph is on the downward trend. Um, so it might go down a little bit more still, but yeah, it is a powerful card. It does a lot. And I think I picked up a couple of copies bef- like long before War of the Spark was even spoiled. And at that point, they were like under uh, $5. When I yeah. They had that standard spike. They did, they did yeah. actually. Even mm. like at the beginning, I think it was still a little bit up there because when Planeswalkers were getting a little bit more common, it was a really good sideboard card in a lot yeah. of standard decks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's actually, the graph's really interesting. Once you can tell, like it's before War of the Spark that it um, it just shoots right up because mm-hmm. people knew Planeswalkers were coming, so they were just buying this card up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, next up, we have Slaughter the Strong. It's one and two white for a sorcery. Each player chooses any number of creatures he or she controls with total power four or less, then sacrifices all other creatures he or she controls. This Cut is also the beasts out from under them, and their strength is nothing. Nice. It's good that you read that because this is also my pick for flavor win. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a great art there for what, what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's total power. This is, like, I run this in my Arcades deck. This is 
like really good. But even if you just have like a bunch of mana dorks or a bunch of enchantresses with zero power, um, this card can be really, really good. Um, yeah, I said, this is actually like this really slipped under my radar. Um, yeah, I don't think it was ever that expensive. Yeah, it, it <clears> hasn't <throat> been like when it first came out, it was around like three, four bucks. Um, but it's still like hovering around the dollar mark. Um, but this is like actually a pretty sweet like pseudo board weapon. Yeah, pick up a foil or something, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good card. Flavor win. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk lands. So, you know, lands aren't always the most exciting things to put into our decks, but they are some of the most important cards. And I think the first question that I always ask myself when I'm building a deck is how many lands do I need? Yeah. Am I running enough lands? Yeah. You know? Um, and I, and I think it's, it's good to start with lands because they're, they can end up being the most unexciting cards in a deck, right? But they let us do what we're trying to do, you know? Um, so, I, like, you know, for example, I know that when I started building commander decks, I certainly wasn't putting enough lands in. And when tuning a current deck, you've got to be careful not to remove a land for that new flashy card you want to try. And I've certainly also been guilty of doing that. Oh, yeah. You're just <laughs> like, I like all the cards in my deck right now, and I want this new card in there. I'll land, take it to land. Lands don't do anything. And, you know, you <laughs> and over a few months, you do that a few times, and you've gone from 35 lands to 30, 30. lands. That's not enough lands it's unless not. you're playing, like, Edric yeah. or something. And not, you know, let me tell you, it's not enough lands then either. <laughs> um, so when I'm building a new commander deck... These days, I always start with a very strict 37 lands, um, unless I'm building a deck with a very low CMC, like two, two average CMC two or under. Um, another land pitfall I used to f- uh, find myself in was running too many tapped and like enter the battlefield tap lands. Now you know I know that we can't always afford the all the dual lands right i like i actually don't own any like og dual lands me neither yeah so those are pricey we're yeah eric and i are just (laughs) just scabs like the rest of you so don't don't sweat it um but you know you do have other you do have other options untapped options and you do especially if you're in green you have ways to build your deck so that you can get away with running more basics and being able to still fix with those basics and with some um, some of the cheaper fetch lands and and things like that, and especially green ramp spells. Also, speaking of uh, the reprints, because the shock lands are also rotating out of standard at the moment. Wait, no, no, I'm they're dumb. not going to rotate until next fall. Don't listen to me. Yeah, yeah, but then, but, but then. then then, they'll go, then, then they will go down a price. We'll talk about that next September. Next September. Yeah. Even on that note, most of them are at a good price right now. To buy. Oh, yeah. They really, um, except Breeding Pool. Breeding Pool is too pricey. Don't buy Breeding Pool right now. What's Breeding Pool at? It's at like, I think it's like $18 or something. Yeah. Also, Watery Grave is at 25 Wow. Okay. Don't buy Watery so don't Grave buy either. Those. Yeah. yeah. But like, <laughs> like Temple Garden is always a good pickup because nobody wants it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then Steam Vents, I think, is still around 20 bucks because the Is It Lands are always notorious for being the priciest. But when that set dropped, they were like, like Steam Vents was five ninety nine. Like, I picked up three for all my, like, all the budget nice. decks that we built, like, time, when we were like, doing that format. Yeah. Like, you know, I just keep upgrading them over time because we're not doing the budget format anymore. So yeah. it's like, whatever. Um, but, yeah, so, like, when those cards, like, keep an eye on the Shocklands because they... Once they rotate, like they will go down in value because all those standard players are going to sell off their lands. Yeah, and those lands they, will always be good in eternal formats, but they will. And they also do like fluctuate a lot because modern has a play to that. Like I think that's why Watery Grave is so high right now because Watery Grave has never been higher than Steam Vents. I don't think. Yeah, that seems a little unusual. I agree. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, I. Um, 
So there are a couple cycles of dual lands that have a stipulation for entering the battlefield untapped. You have like the battle lands from Battle for Zendikar, and you also have the check lands that have been reprinted so many times. The check lands are great for Commander. Yeah, they just got reprinted in Ixalan, and then before that, the enemy colors were reprinted in Dominaria. Yeah. So those are... Those are just, like, in a two-color deck, those are great. Because oftentimes you will have, like, with Hinterland Harbor, you will have a forest and you will have an island in play. Yeah, so um, you'll always get that in untapped. Yeah, unfortunately for the Battlelands, they only did the allied colors. So we don't have the enemy colors for that land cycle. And, you know, God forbid they do an Oath, Oath of the Gatewatch, you know. Oh, can't have those in standard at the same nope. time, I guess. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um... um Yes, so uh, the pain lands are also a great cycle of untapped lands that I think are kind of underplayed in the format, and they've reprinted just as many times as the check lands, and it's um, it's a similar thing where it's it's always the case where the allied cycles of things have been printed more yep. because Wizards has leaned more towards the allied colors over the years, whereas the enemy colors have always been a road less traveled and have been cycles that they've never done, right? And may never do. Like they just finished the talisman cycle in Modern Horizons. Finally, they like had, how long did that take? That was Mirrodin originally. So <laughs> I think that was like 2003 or something. Um, so yeah, the pain lands are also a really great pickup and those are all relatively cheap. I think the last time the they were printed was in um, Magic Origins. At least the enemy colors were printed in Magic Origins. But the I allied, think so. The allied colors have been printed so many times that they're really not that expensive. And, you know, what's great about the pain lands is if you don't need the colored mana, you can tap them and not take any damage. Yeah, you can still tap them for colorless, so mm-hmm. it's really nice. Yeah. And, yeah, they don't see much constructed play, so that's why they're really good commander pickups, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so the... Um, the last point uh, on sort of how many lands to run and, and which lands to run I, that I want to make is running too many colorless mana-producing utility lands. I've definitely been guilty of this. It definitely happened to me with one deck. I was just like throwing in a lot of stuff and then I was having mana problems some games. <laughs> and it's definitely something that can happen especially even in like one color one and two color decks because you sort of feel like it's easy to fix yeah and you don't really need to worry about color distribution in your mana production but you still do you know and it's i think it's easy to think i'll be fine i can run you know i can run 15 utility lands in my two color deck you can't don't (laughs) don't do that don't do stuff like that (laughs) (laughs) just don't um, <clears throat> and it's and it's interesting as well because I was even playing a um, Bant Eldrazi deck and I was like I need that colored that colorless mana for some cards, right? Um, but then again, I had a lot of um, two color pips in like my other three colors, and so there were other times where I was just like I'm so greedy on the mana that I need, and I have too many of these colorless lands and stuff here so (laughs) yeah it's like you know it's like when you go to kindergarten you have to start sharing and it's like they say don't be greedy yeah (laughs) it's still the same so and and i think i think in a one to two color deck you can usually get away with running anywhere from like five to ten utility lands but once you get to three colors and beyond i don't know that i'd run more than more than five yeah, you know, it gets like a little it, dicey. It does, definitely. definitely gets dicey. Because you really want to just make sure that you're getting your colors so you can play your cards. And, uh, you know, I don't want to step on anybody's toes here, but whatever you do, do not put Temple of the False God in a deck. <laughs> Please don't do it. Like, I have just... But it taps for two mana. It has for two mana, Kevin. But it's not. It has a stipulation. <laughs> it has for two mana if it's your fifth land. <laughs> uh, and you know what? If you do put it in a deck, don't keep it in your opening hand unless you have four of the lands. Like, don't be like, oh, I'll draw the lands. Yeah, it's that's just really like bad. don't. Unless you have like ramp. Unless you have a way to get there. Uh, I just. It's actually funny. So the um, 
on MTG Goldfish, they do uh, commander stuff. Right. And so Tomer is the one who runs all the commander stuff, and he hates Temple of the False God. And uh, there was a game where one of the other guys had Temple of the False God out there with, like, three other lands, and he's like, ha, see? Don't play that land. <laughs> yeah, just... It doesn't do anything for you. Ancient Tomb is a really good replacement. I know that it's, like, probably back up to... It's probably, like, 35 40 bucks now um, after its reprint last December. But, you know, if you, if you have a deck that you're like, I really like this deck, and I really like Ancient Tomb... Just do yourself a favor, treat yourself, pick up pick up an Ancient Tomb, and take Temple of the False God out of the deck. Please. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, oh, interesting. It's US around 25 bucks. So oh, yeah, nice. It's around the $30 mark. So. Awesome, okay. I think it's still an okay time to pick these guys up. Yeah, it they, is. No, that's a really good price. They were up to like 60 bucks before the reprint. Yeah. So, and that's like an uncommon from Tempest. It's yeah. It's uncommon. Ay. Okay, so now... Um, after Eric and I have gotten off our land soapbox, we're going to go through our top 10 lands that we like to play in the commander format. And we've kept these, these list secret from each other because that's more fun, we think. So, um, I think this will be fun. Um, I did try and pick some lands that are kind of like a little out there. Me too. Cool. Yeah. I was like, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to spoil things, but I also want to say, like, I did leave out a land purposely because I thought you were going to put it in your list. Oh, that's cheating. Is it cheating? <laughs> uh, it's fine. Um, <laughs> there are no rules. We'll see if it's you like have a- it in your list, and if not, I'm going to mention it at the end. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. It's like Outback Steakhouse. No rules, just right. Yeah. <laughs> it's our show. That's right. Um, so why don't you... Uh, why don't you... Start us off? Yeah, you start us off. All right, because I already saw your 10 card there. You did, so that's why we're letting you start. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, what I chose for my number 10 to start off the list is Homeward Path. Good land. Yeah. Um, I do like having this in my decks because sometimes somebody's trying to steal things, and uh, this makes sure that you can keep your own stuff. And everyone keep... Well, why don't you read the card? Oh, yeah, sorry. We should probably read the card. (laughs) So a Homeward Path, it's a utility land, which you can tap for colorless mana. Um, the utility part of it is each player gains control of all creatures he or she owns. So it does just protect your creatures. It's not going to like get your um, command or uh, planeswalkers and no. enchantments and stuff like that. It's just creatures. But uh, it is a solid card just like throw in a deck. If you're looking for utility land and if you are playing like more of a creature-heavy deck, it can be a good thing to have Homeward Path in there. One time... Uh, and you know, we're, I'm going to mention Rob on the show again. I was in a pod with Rob and, uh, <laughs> and he was, I can't remember what deck he was playing, but I was playing my Memnarch deck Oh yeah. and he played Homeward Path and I had Memnarch on the field and I turned Homeward Path into an artifact and I took control of it. Oh yeah. So that was the end of that's that. That's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> That's back before my deck was like combo centric and I was like slowly taking things because yeah. I didn't know how to be a good player. Okay. Yet, but I do now. I'm, be- <laughs> I'm better now. It'd be fun just to take things slowly. <sighs> but people hate it. <laughs> they hate it so much. Um, and I just want everyone to have a good time. All right. <laughs> I've so changed. You just win on turn four. Yeah. But then, it's, <laughs> but then it's fast and then we can play another game. More games means more good times. <laughs> Okay, my number 10 land is Rogue's Passage. Mm-hmm. It taps for a colorless, but you can also pay for, tap it, target creature can't be blocked this turn. So this land is obviously great in Voltron builds, which is what we were talking about last week. But also, this card is great like politically because you can use it on any creature. So if any someone's creature. swinging for like lethal damage or you have a big beater, some, an opponent has a big beater, you can be like, hey, I'll make this guy unblockable. If you will be my slave for the rest of the game, they're like, okay, I'll do it. Ooh, you know, we're like, whatever. That's just one scenario <laughs> that could happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is just a great land for that reason that you can just kind of spread it around. You don't even have to make a deal. You can just say, hey, I'm going to make your creature unblockable. And then the other player's like, oh no, what's going to happen? <laughs> but anyways, yeah, great card. Super cheap. It's been reprinted a bunch of times. So grab a foil. Yeah, I love this card, especially when I was playing Animar a lot. Um, oh, yeah. Brooks it's awesome. Great. Yeah. Because yeah. Animar always gets super big. You just smash <clears> in there. <throat> mm-hmm. Yep. Smash face. Yeah. Oh, nope. 
Uh, all right, moving on to the number nine pick. I have Gavany Township. So Interesting. It, yeah. Yeah, so, I know this one. Yeah, so it is a land that taps to add a mana to your mana pool. Um, you have to run in the Slesny colors because you pay two and then a green and a white to tap it. Put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. Really good in tokens. Really good in tokens. Which are the really colors of Celestia. Creature builds. Yeah. Because um, if it's just out there and you know you don't have anything left to do with your mana, you're just slowly making your board more powerful as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. That's very cool. I like yeah. that a lot. Just like a good value card. All right. My number nine is Bajookabog. Yeah. It is. Uh, it enters the battlefield tapped. Don't love that. When Bajookabog <laughs> enters the battlefield, exile all cards from target player's graveyard, and you can tap it for a black. So we all know how backbreaking this card can be to an opponent's graveyard strategy. And what I love about Bajookabog is it's it's a removal spell that doesn't take up a slot in your deck. Totally. Yeah. <clears throat> and this card is actually... Um, I, th- I don't know if it got a reprint in Commander 19, but it did get a reprint in Commander 18. And so like 350. Yeah, just for a common land. Yeah. yeah. Hasn't been reprinted in the standard set since... Worldwake, I think. The okay. Zendikar block. Gotcha. Uh, the original. Okay. I look away from the screen because you keep flicking. Sorry, yeah, I just... <laughs> I'm so used to just like hitting know, down yeah. on the keyboard and like next card. So funny. All right, number eight. Um, again, I got some more colored stuff here. Vault mm. of the Archangel. Uh, I don't know that one. I actually even played this in Modern. Wow. For a little bit, a couple years ago. But then so, you wanted to start winning games, so you stopped playing it? No, actually, I went like out of five k. Went five and two with my Esper deck. Okay, I was running All this right. land. It's just a one of, but uh, it is. A, it's a nice card. So it taps for one of anything or one one colorless, two of anything, a white and a black. Tap creatures you control gain death touch and lifelink until end of turn. That's very powerful. So yeah, because if you have creatures out there, you just have some tokens and stuff like that. It's really good defense because nobody wants to tack into you because you can just give yourself death touch and mm-hmm. your creatures yeah. die that you're jacking with. So. Um, I really like this to deter people from attacking me and just having, like, your creatures with death touches. Those are good. (laughs) It is very good. We know that for a fact. All right, so my number eight is... uh, My number eight's kind of three cards. Um, It's Academy Ruins, Volrath Stronghold, and Hall of Helioid's Generosity. So they all kind of do the same thing, but they target different cards. So they all tap for a colorless mana. They're all legendary lands. Cool. And they all have an activated ability. So Academy Ruins is one and a blue. Tap, put target artifact card from your graveyard on top of your library. Volrath Stronghold is one and a black. Tap, put target creature card from your graveyard on top of your library. And Hall of Helioids Generosity is uh, one and a white. Tap, put target enchantment card from your graveyard on top of your library. So... um, In a singleton format, being able to get cards back from the graveyard is one of the most powerful things that we can do. Mm -hmm. And these cards all do that. Yeah, they put it on top, which can kind of give you a tempo loss. But if you have a way to just draw those cards immediately, you really don't care. And if you have a piece you really need or something like that as well, it's kind of like worth it to just get it back. Yeah. And then, you know, like untap, upkeep, you just draw that for turn. It, It... it can be very powerful. Yeah. So yeah, all these cards are really, really good. And uh, Hall of Helioids Generosity is the only one that's like cheap. So pick these up before they end up being like $30. All right. <laughs> Moving on to our sevens. I chose in Arch of Arazka. This is, this a, is a good one. card. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice card. Just yeah. a mana sink. So um, Ascend. So if you have 10 or more permanents, you get the City's Blessing. Um, you can tap for a colorless mana and then five and tap to draw a card, activate this ability only if you have the city's blessing. So it's just, again, like you have leftover mana, you can draw cards, get through mm-hmm. your deck really great when you're, even when you're running like, you know, the Boros colors, cause it's harder to draw cards. So it's really valuable in those mm-hmm. kind of decks too. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, just having one of your lands as card draw can't hurt. No, it's very good. I like that card a lot. Okay. My number seven is... Temple of False God. No, I'm kidding. It's Ancient Tomb. (laughs) Ancient Tomb is tap for two colorless mana. Ancient Tomb deals two damage to you. So if you had a damage redirect, you could deal with that two damage, right? Because it's not loss of life. 
Oh, yeah, I guess it's so. It's like the difference between City of Brass and Mana Confluence. Yeah. And then also, like, a lot of time when it says deals two damage, but cards will say this damage can be prevented or something. So. Right. Cards, yeah. Cards will specifically say that. Yeah. Um, but whatever. It's Commander. You have 40 life. Just take the two damage. Yeah, it's two more mana. Who, who cares? Go for it. Yeah, this is like turn one. You have this and Soul Ring, and you you know you got you got three mana. Yep. And you can play all kinds of other stuff too. Like you could play it your hand. I've definitely I've gotten that God Hand before. Cool. So it, <laughs> it feels good. You win fast. Yeah, super strong card. Definitely. Uh-huh. Um, as we were just talking about the price earlier, I think it's still a decent time to pick these guys up. So. Oh yeah. No, yeah. until it gets back up to like sixty bucks, it's a good time to pick it up. <laughs> 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 For sure. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. Moving on to the six, um, I have Inventor's Fair. This mm. is a legendary land. Um, at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control three or more artifacts, you gain one life. This does tap for colorless mana, and you have to pay four mana and tap it to sacrifice Inventor's Fair. Search your library for an artifact card, reveal it, put in your hand, then you shuffle your library. Active this ability only if you have three or more artifacts. So they, it has metal craft. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah they have to. <laughs> This, I think this was the only card in the Kaladesh set that had that stipulation, so that's why they didn't just bring back Metalcraft. Yeah, they wanted us all to forget about how good it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well. But uh, yeah, I have been known to like artifact decks, and so this uh, is a great tutor in your artifact it's, decks. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's really, really good. Even if you have like some mana rocks and you have like a little bit more of like a sub-theme of artifacts, I think it's still worth it to play the Inventor's Fair just because you're tutoring for something that you want. And so. if you have a Sun Titan, you can just keep bringing it back and tutoring. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've definitely done that. Nice. I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My uh, my next one is Buried Ruins. So it's sort of in the same vein as Academy Ruins. It taps for a colorless, and you can pay two, tap it, sacrifice Buried Ruin, return target artifact card from your graveyard to your hand. You have to sacrifice it, though. Yeah, but... It works in any color. Yeah, sometimes you need it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So. yeah. But yeah, again, I think this card's great. You mm-hmm. just, again, getting stuff back. And it goes to your hand. And it it's goes on, to your hand. It's on yeah. top of the library, mm-hmm. so... Yeah. Yeah, so you're not getting that tempo loss. Yeah. Sweet, sweet, sweet. <clears throat> All right, halfway point. Number five. This is the one it gets real. Real. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, I have chosen Talaria West. Oh, so good. Yeah. Why didn't so. I pick that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this one is actually a land you may not be playing as a land. Mm. Um, so Talaria West comes into play tapped. It adds blue mana to your mana pool. Um, but it does have transmute. So one of anything in two blue. Uh, discard this card. Search your library for a card with CMC costs zero. Reveal it and put it in your hand. Then shuffle your library. Mox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this can grab you any land you want. Mm-hmm. Um, it can grab you moxes and stuff like that. Um, and then again, if you're playing a deck that's doing like those zero mana cards, like... Uh, Memnite. <laughs> Ornithopter. <laughs> Though, sure. Um, Shield Sphere. I'm going also off of like... <laughs> is that Ancestral Recall? Uh, Ancestral Vision. Ancestral Vision. Is the Suspend one. Is the Suspend one, yeah. So yeah. cards with Suspend, so like Ancestral Vision. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the black like board wipe uh, living end. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I believe so. So again, this card can grab cards like that as Pact well. Pact of Negation. Yeah. <laughs> Any of the packs you can grab with this too. Yes. So yeah. It does have a lot of utility. I think it's a really cool land, mm-hmm. and I definitely don't see it as much, so... Yeah, it's it, it sort of hopped up there in price as well. Yeah, I've I've only ever used it in artifact decks or like mono blue decks like a zombie to go and get um, lands or moxes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> okay, so my number five is mm. also two cards. It's Cascading. You're cheating a lot here, Kevin. I'm cheating. A, they're they're similar enough though. It's not. <laughs> I'm not cheating. <laughs> Uh, it's Crystal Cataracts and Crystal Quarry. So Crystal Cataracts is, uh, it's indestructible. You can tap it for a colorless mana, or you can pay five, tap, add five mana in any combination of colors to your mana pool. And Crystal Quarry is the same thing, except it's not indestructible. And when you pay five to tap it, you add Wooburg to your mana pool. So I would say that Crystal Cataracts is strictly better. Mm-hmm. Um, because you get to choose the combination of mana, plus it's indestructible. But these lands are roughly the same, and they're really awesome in five-color decks, especially if you don't want to go all out on dual lands and making the mana base really super tuned. 
But yeah, they're great budget cards. Because even if you're trying to play cards that like don't cost Wooburg, but they cost like two or three of the colors, you can still pay five mana to get the colors that you just can't get. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, both these cards are great in uh, five color decks. Mm-hmm. Even four color decks, that's not, not so bad either. Yeah, I don't think you could run Crystal Quarry in a four-color deck. Because though. it has all the colors Because on it has the colors, but you could run Crystal Cataracts in any deck. Yeah. So another reason why it's just strictly better. Strictly better. <laughs> strictly better. <laughs> this episode. <laughs> <clears throat> all right, moving on to my number four pick. I had to throw a strip mine in here. You got to. It's such a good card. Somebody had to. Somebody, Somebody had to. Somebody had to end this madness. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, strip mine, add one to your mana pool, uh, but you can tap it to sacrifice strip mine and destroy target land. God, it's good. So <laughs> I just like looking at my strip mines. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> They're just so good. Also sun Titan. Yes. Keep your mana <laughs> <for> sun Titan. <laughs> Next episode, uh, sun Titan. <laughs> he's the best land recursion. <laughs> no. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Just a great. A great card. It has everything. Uh, unlike previous conflicts, the war between Urza and Mishra made Dominary itself a casualty of war. Yes. I love that flavor. Text. I love that too. Yeah, the Brothers' War is definitely. If we were gonna do like some lore episodes, that's the first. That's the some shit I would yeah. want to do for <laughs> sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, okay, my number four is Zalfiran Void. Cool, new one. Yeah, Dominaria. So when Zalfiran Void enters the battlefield, scry one, and you can tap to add a colorless to your mana pool. So I know that it's, um, you know, the single scry effect doesn't make up for the fact that this land only taps for colorless mana, but I think it's this card is really good in colors that don't have access to this kind of effect. Yeah. Especially if you can bring this, if, if you could... If you, of course, could that get that effect multiple times from this land, that's great. But just, you know, like in a, in like a Kozilek deck, you know, just throw this in. Oh yeah. It's it's a good land. Yeah. It's just a good land. Doesn't enter the battlefield. If it entered the battlefield tapped, I think it'd be unplayable. Yeah. But I really like this one. And then again, if you're running those like uh, dual color, so the, the lands like enter tap, they tap for two, but you have to return a land. Right, the temples that the, just they just got reprinted in Core Twenty Twenty, all ten. Oh, yeah, that was the land cycle. Is that what you're talking about? No, from no, no, no. So the lands that tap for two mana. Yeah. They, oh. They enter tap uh, and they tap for two mana. Yeah, the bounce lands. The bounce lands. Yeah. Those are terrible. But yeah. you could bounce this. <laughs> you could. And then play this again and get the scry. That's right. That's decent. Yeah, but think about how like mana you're behind on now. You're not behind on. I guess not. I guess <laughs> I just don't like those. God, I used it's to. Only, when it enters, you're just like down that, because it enters tapped, you're only down that one mana. I used because to... then you're still tapping that land you're returning, or you should be. I used to play those lands when I first started playing Commander, and I would keep... And there's nothing wrong with it if you play those lands. I, I know Eric still plays I know, those I lands. still play it's them. It's fine. <laughs> but I... And and you're good, so, you know. <laughs> but I would play them, and I would, like, keep hands where I'd have, like, a bounce land, and then, like, some other land. So it's like, turn one, you play your land. Turn two, you play your bounce land, and you bounce it. It's just like it does not feel good. So that's why I stopped playing them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like I still feel like it is a it's a card that's not good when you get it early, but later in the game, getting like the two mana off your one card draw is is I, I found that's why I still run them. Um, but again, like there was that one time we were playing, and I was like, "This is why you hate this card, Kevin." And like my hand was like a land, and like that duel, and it was like shit. And I was, <laughs> yeah, well, you're <laughs> all about like, this, well, like... You're, well, you're all about like the ceiling, right? And I'm like, well, at at its base, what are we looking at here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the best case scenario, hey, I I hope it happens, but yeah. <laughs> let's be realistic. <laughs> it is still awkward. <laughs> uh. Already, and number three. Oh, wow, number three already. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, you're right. Cool, yeah. My number three is Yavamaya Hollow. This card has gotten very expensive. It got expensive a while ago. I it think did it a while. It was a while ago. The yeah. hubbub about the um, reserve list. Right, It right. spiked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was another card I picked up in, like, a, you know, Kijiji collection. 
Sweet. Purchase. Yeah. yeah. So you have a Maya Hollow, uh, taps for a colorless, uh, but then you can still tap it and pay one green to regenerate target creature. Um, Protect think, your commander. Yeah, exactly. This is just like a nice protection card. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there are those board waves out there that say creatures can't be regenerated. Yeah. Um, but still, on a lot of the off chances, like this is just a good way to save your commander. Yeah, there are um, a lot of times where you can regenerate your commander. There's no problem. Totally. Yeah. So I really like this card. Mm-hmm. It's got interesting art for like the age of it as well. Yeah. Uh, Urza's Destiny, I believe. Yeah. yeah. It's sort of, it's like re- really kind of animated. Yeah. It looks very like kind of like. I don't know, like '30s animation. It's very. Kinda. It's like it's like like uh, something a child would draw almost. Totally. Yeah. Okay, my number three is. God, I'm cheating again. Uh, it's <laughs> I I chose the the cycle of layer lands from Plane Shift. Oh right. These so weird ones. yeah, I always I always run in these. Yeah. <laughs> um. So they did this cycle, and they're the cycle of uh, the shard. Color combinations. So that's like Bant, Grixis. Um, what are the other ones? Esper, Jund, and... Hmm. Did you not grab them all here? No, I didn't grab them all here. Is it Naya? I don't... Yeah, it is Naya. Okay. Yeah, those are the five. Um, yeah. Because the other ones are the wedges from the... Um, cons block yeah because those are the colors of the other dragons we just got so exactly yeah so these lands um so i'll just read trevor's ruins each of these are based on the one of the elder dragons from the plane shift set or block i can't exactly remember but trevor's ruins is a layer in addition to its other land types or in addition to its land type when Trevor's Runes comes into play, sacrifice it unless you return a non-layer land you control to its owner's hand, and it taps for green, white, and blue. So each of or, these... Not end. Or. Yes, or. Thank you. <laughs> taps uh, for three mana. Whoa! <laughs> um, yeah, so each of, these, uh, each of these cycles taps for their respective colors. Um and it doesn't enter the battlefield tap, but you do have to bounce a land, so... But you can still tap that land first, so... Mm-hmm, yeah, you can still tap that land first, so you're not losing mana that turn. But yeah, these lands are great if you're in those colors because it doesn't enter the battlefield tap. That's why I really, I really got to pick these. up all these. Mm-hmm. I totally should have when I when talking about you last, so... I think these cards are actually really good. They are really good, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're really underplayed. And I don't think they're very pricey still. No, even the foils are pretty affordable. Like, I picked up a Trevor's Ruins for, like, 250 on Card Kingdom, like, near mid foil from yeah. Plane Shift. Like, that's an old yeah. that's an old set. Yeah, and the foils are beautiful because they're old borders. So, yeah, yeah they're, really, they're really awesome. Nice. Mm-hmm. Take a recommendation. Pick these guys up. Do it. Yep. <laughs> Getting up to the tops here. My number top two is Rogue's Passage. Oh. <laughs> nice. So we did talk about that already. It was Kevin's number 10. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this card, especially because when I first played, it was my second commander deck. I thought this card was great, and I just started using it. Um, Unblockable is always great. So. Yeah, do something about it, right? Yeah, come on. <laughs> come at me. Is that our first duplicate? Uh, on this list, yeah, yeah, it's our first duplicate. Crazy. Yeah, All right. it is. Okay, so my number two is Terrain Generator. It's uh, It taps for a colorless mana, and you can pay two to tap it. You may put a basic land card from your hand onto the battlefield tapped. So in yeah. white or red or blue, excuse me, or even black, um, you know, black has the ability to make a lot of mana doublers, but all those colors don't have really great ways of land-based mana ramp. This card is great in those decks, even colorless decks. You can put wastes <laughs> onto the battlefield tapped. And yeah, it's this this card is just great in, in all those decks, and it's still like pretty cheap. It's like a two dollar card. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh think i didn't know that card existed yeah and i play a lot of like i've built a lot of monocolor decks that aren't green so yeah cards like this come in very 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 handy once you get to like three colors you like don't play this card it's probably not very good because you don't have enough 
enough of a critical mass of basics. But in a monocolor deck, like you're running 20 to 25 basics. Yeah, right? so you might as well so, throw it in there. That, yeah. yeah, I think that's where this card sits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. All right, what is... Was that right? Your number two is Rogue's Passage. So now you, we got to go on to your number one. All right, top of the list. Thespian stage. Ooh, nice. The land that's any land. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's better than Vesuva because you can just keep doing it. Exactly. That's why yeah. I love Thespian stage. Yeah. So it taps for a colorless, and then you can pay two and tap it. Thespian stage becomes a copy of target land, except it has this ability. Yeah, like um, what's that, Demir Commander? Lazov. Exactly. Thank yeah. you. So, yeah, uh, Thespian Sage is actually one of my favorite lands um, just because you can make it anything that's on the battlefield. And there's so many powerful lands running around in so Commander that yeah. you're just like, oh, I'm going to make a copy of that. Yeah. You know? Um, I'm going to make then, a copy of your strip mine. Yeah, you could do that and <laughs> sacrifice it. Someone decides to play Dark Depths. Boom. You can get that token. Give me the token. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, <laughs> if you're just like stuck for mana, you can still copy somebody's colored mana. You can copy. You can copy somebody's bounce land. You can. Yeah. Boom. Two mana there. Yeah. So. Nice. Um, yeah. I love Thespian Stage. Great card. Very good card. Yeah. yeah. And it's um, still pretty cheap uh, after its reprint in Ultimate Masters. Yeah, it is. So, get these guys. While right. they're hot. My number one is Command Beacon. All right. Taps for a colorless, and you can tap Sacrifice Command Beacon. Put your commander into your hand from the command zone. So we just got a bunch of cards in Commander 2019 that interact with commanders. Yes. And we can bring them back to our hands or put them into our hands from the command zone and things like that, which I really love because that commander tax can get to be get to the point where you just can't cast your commander anymore. And this card's getting up there in price, isn't it? Yeah, it's only been printed in Commander, Commander. 2015, I believe I that set symbol is. Symbol. Yeah. And there was a Judge promo, which was a foil. Right. And that's all. That's it. That's all the printings of this. Um, yeah, and this card is the namesake for my Instagram page. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a great, just a great card. Um, and like this card again, this card is really good in a Voltron strat in a Voltron build, but. It's just, if I had more of them, I'd put them in more decks. Yeah. But I think I only have about maybe three or four of these in decks. Hey, so. that's good. I yeah. Like, I might only have one. Yeah, just a really, really great card. Needs a reprint. Just yeah. start, why don't they just put these in the commander decks? Maybe it'd be too, it'd be too much. It's like, you can't, they can't put a Seedborn Muse in every deck, right? <laughs> <laughs> they have to print it again at some point in commanders. Go on. Yeah, or maybe in some kind of like... Modern Horizons set. Imagine, can you imagine like buying packs of Modern Horizons? You're just a modern player and you get this shit. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> like, like, what is this? I want my money back now. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> Com- what's command? What's command zone? Yeah, what is that? <laughs> oh man. Um, All right. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, sorry. You can. Oh, I was just gonna say that, like, uh, in those like Phage commander decks, like Phage the Untouchable, this card is an auto include. Oh, right, because you can't cast; you have to cast Phage from your hand. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, that's it. <laughs> um, so I guess we have an honorable mention, the one I wanted to, but I just thought you were actually gonna have it. In oh, okay. There. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, so it's from Kamigawa. Hmm. It is Baseju who shelters all. Oh yeah, that's that's one of my cards. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's a legendary land. It enters the the play in blah blah comes into play tapped. Uh, you can tap it and pay two life. Add one colorless to your mana pool. If that mana is spent on an instant or sorcery spell, that spell can't be countered by spells or abilities. How can I forget about Boseju? It's won me so many games. Oh, man. So many. It's like, can't <laughs> counter my sanguinate. And there was a game where we had where I was like, all right, to get rid of his stuff, I can strip mine the Boseju before his turn, and then you can try and do something about it because you were just going to get it back again. Right. With your commander. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. It was like the nightmare. Yeah, what a great card. Yeah. And it's really great when you don't have access to blue, when you don't have access to counter magic. Yes. Like, what else can you do? Yeah. Right? Is just make your one instant or sorcery uncounterable. And I guess you can untap lands, which, you know, in green is easy to do. But it's still, like, once per round, you still get, like, an uncounterable spell. So mm-hmm. I really like this card as well. I think it's great because if you just really want a board wipe to go off, 
Um, oh, yeah. Or you have your game-winning card. Like, yeah, you really need that tutor to stick. Yeah. Like, anything. And it's just two life, you know? No big deal. It's, it's just two life. If it means you win the game, who cares? Who cares? Yeah. All right, guys and gals. Um, we're going to wrap up the show for today, but we'll be back next week talking about uh, talking more about our Commander League. I know we've been peppering it in these last few episodes, and hopefully we'll have gotten a chance to play with the decks and we can talk about some of the best new cards from Commander 2019 in terms of how they played in the decks out of the box. And we'll also be, uh, we're doing a little chaos draft for our Commander League. We'll go into more detail about this on the episode. a master's chaos draft. That's right. Yeah, all all master's packs. Uh, Also, Modern Horizons is an option. Yeah. Um. So that that should be fun. We'll um, we'll be talking about that as well. That's sort of how we that's how we decide who gets which deck. Um, Winner gets to pick first, and so on. Yeah. So the player who does the worst doesn't have a choice. Yeah, you're just getting whatever's left. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we just want to thank you guys for listening, and as usual, you can uh, email us at turn one soaring at gmail.com you can find us on instagram at turn one soaring underscore the podcast and you can follow me on instagram at command beacon we're currently doing our september giveaway of three throne of eldraine booster packs that's happening on our instagram page and you can enter that giveaway by finding the september giveaway instagram post follow the instructions on that and you might win those packs We'll be announcing the winner of that giveaway on October 1st, at which point we'll be starting our October giveaway. Maybe we should do something Halloween-themed. like it. They should do a Halloween set. That'd be fun. I mean, Throne of Drain has some pretty, like... Let's go back to, Inner, let's go back to Innistrad. Like, okay. Let's go. Let's just reprint original Innistrad. Okay. <laughs> you can find us uh, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud as usual, but you can also find us on Spotify now, so... Go go on Spotify and check us out. And you can yeah. also listen to Tool on Spotify. Hey yo. Alright, guys. Well, thanks again for listening and have fun playing magic and go get them, Tigers. Thanks for listening again and uh, show me them ATVs. Turn one soul ring. <laughs>